Hello and welcome. This is the Mental Vet Tech and I am Hannah, the Mental Vet Tech behind the scenes. It is my mission to bring mental health and lifestyle wellness to the veterinary community. Here I hope that you find content to apply to your everyday life and to make your place in veterinary medicine more enjoyable and not just livable. So grab a beverage that soothes your soul and get ready to relate. Welcome back to another episode. I hope you guys are doing well. I am trying to practice acting on when I'm feeling passionate and when I am having the motivation to do something to just go ahead and do it and stop trying to be perfectionist. So there is some noise um, with this unfortunate timing um, in the background of people moving stuff around. I don't know what's going on, but um, people are moving stuff in the background. So if you can pick up on that, I apologize. It's super annoying. Um, and also there's glare on my glasses. If you're watching this as a YouTube video, um, it's going to annoy me the whole time. But again, trying to practice less perfectionism and be more authentic. So um, just kind of wanted to get that out of the way. Um, today I'm going to be um, doing something that I'm very excited about. I'm going to be talking about the Penboster um, Veterinary Technology Program, which is very exciting because I have not done a review of this program since I have graduated it. So very exciting. I graduated in August. Um, and I just wanted to kind of talk about the um, pros, the cons. I get a lot of questions about, is it worth it? Um, is it actually legit? Is it a scam? Um, are you actually going to learn things? Um, so many different things like that. So I just kind of wanted to um, cover all of that today um, and just sit down, kind of talk about the curriculum, how it's structured, price points pros and cons, all of those things. So um, that is what we're going to be talking about. Um, I did take about three years to do the program. It is um, called a distance learning program. So it's all online. Um, there is um, two what are called externships, which are basically where you do your clinical skills to show that you um, can actually do the things that you've learned about. And um, you don't do those through the school. You do have to find your own externship sites. But if you are kind of trying to get your foot in the door, if you're already kind of working full time in vet med, things like that, um, it is going to be a great option for you. Um, you should be able to get those things done. Um, they are pretty simple. It's a lot of work. It's simple. It's not easy. Um, but I, um, did learn quite a bit, uh, through both of my externships and I think that they teach you quite a bit of skills and, um, I haven't been to a in-person program, but I have seen a little bit of the one functioning close to me, um, and just seeing kind of how people apply their skills in person. And it is definitely, um, interesting the way that in-person, um, colleges, you know, go through things, but um, I will get into that. So um, the Penn Foster program, um, they, I have their, um, their program listed. If you're watching this on YouTube and you see me looking up a lot and kind of scrolling and you might hear the mouse doing in the background. Um, but I am um, looking at all the different courses and I'm going to kind of list them out. Uh, I know there's been some changes since I've 
kind of done these um, since I did start the program over three years ago. There are some changes. So um, I will kind of preface at that. So do not take my word for the way that it was structured for when I went to school. Um, it may be slightly different. And I know that they have changed a little bit of how the final exams are structured in some of the courses. Um, but overall, there are four semesters. They don't work like typical um, schools, like what you'll hear me refer to as brick and mortar schools, which are, um, you know, community colleges, um, public colleges, um, universities, things like that. Um, so you do do one class at a time. Quite honestly, I really enjoy this a lot more because I can just focus on one thing, power through it, and move on. And they all kind of build on top of each other. So I actually began to prefer it um, after this course. So um, you have to take like a math and an English placement skill test, I believe, before you officially start. Um, it's really simple. It's really basic. I hate when people are like, oh, why do we even have to do this? I mean, you're going to college. Like it's not a free pass. You have to prove that you remember stuff you learned in high school. It's simple as that. If you're going into this program saying, oh, well, I don't want to do any math. Like this is not the place for you. I'm sorry. Um, you will have to do things that you don't like to do. That is a big part of the job. Unfortunately, that is just part of it. It's a part of living. So um, some of the things, you know, are stupid. Like we have to, um, like office applications. I believe there's like a, I think office applications is a class about how to use Excel and how to use Word. Like I get it. Do I like it? No. Did I do it anyways? Yes. Like just kind of going through the motions. I know it's difficult. I know it's frustrating. Nobody wants to do math. Nobody wants to do an English placement test. But like that is the way things work currently. And in order to change the requirements for things, you have to be in the system. So unless you're going to go through all that effort, it's a simple placement quiz. It's not that much work. So I just hear people complain about that a lot. And it's literally the simplest thing. So it's not that big of a deal. Um, don't let people like when you read reviews, don't let them scare you because every college has that. And I would rather do that than have to do like a actual like sit down exam for like three hours. I just bumped the mic. Sorry. Um, getting too passionate about <laughs> talking about this. Um, but yeah, so you have to start out with that. Then you have your intro to um, veterinary technology, information literacy. This is a very important class. I know people don't like it, but this is where you learn how to do things like look at different studies. How reputable is a source? Um, so many different things that you see people do their own research, which I did in quotations, um, online. Like just because you look up something on WebMD does not mean that that is accurate. Even PetMD. I think there's like a web PetMD, like that equivalent. Um, I wouldn't know because that's not the source I look at because it's unreliable. You have to look at sources that are from a reliable source. And so this class is very vital in teaching you that. And a lot of people downplay how important that is. A lot of people talk about this class and are like, oh my God, this is so annoying, but it's very vital. And if you just take away the key points, like it's fine. You have to move through some of the stuff you don't like in order to make a difference. So just hang in there with that class. I just, I see a lot of people kind of talk about these classes like, oh my God, it's so stupid. Why do we have to do this? We're not going to do this at our job. Yes, you are. You are going to have to use information literacy skills in your job as a veterinary technician. So 
just kind of prefacing that office applications again that's like the powerpoint um i believe that's a powerpoint let me double check um yep okay offer uh ugh, sorry microsoft office skills you have to learn how to use like excel too like excel is the bane of my existence do i understand that it's very helpful do i understand that you can do a lot of cool quick stuff with it especially in veterinary medicine yeah do i want to no but i know how to use it basically and um when I took this, you were able to do like a project. If you did like the project before you took any of the quizzes, you could just get the credit for that course if you already knew all of those things. Because a lot of the things are like, how do you format a PowerPoint? Like you have to do it within these specifics. And if you do that right off the bat, they'll give you credit for the course. Um, so you don't have to actually read the information. You don't have to do the final project. It's just on one project. So um, look into that before you start doing the project because I started doing the quizzes before I actually read the information. So that's why it's important to read your syllabus. Um, and then you have um, an animal and oh my God, sorry, you have introduction to biology and then animal and oh my God, animal anatomy. Why was that so hard for me to say? And physiology one and two. So intro to biology, again, there's a lot of complaints about this class. Like, why do I have to learn about cell components and um, like phospholipid like layers and things like that? Um, unfortunately, it plays into a lot of why drugs work the way drugs work and why organisms work the way organisms work. So is it tedious? Yes. Is it annoying? Yes. Do you use it every single day specifically? No. But is it important to know this information? Yes, unfortunately. So try to power through that course the best that you can. Don't focus on the individual things. Focus on the big picture. I will say that for um, animal anatomy and physiology one and two. There we go. I said it correctly. Um, Focus on the bigger pictures, the bigger pictures of the organ systems, of the way the things work. Um, you don't like specifically have to memorize the things that happen within the kidneys as far as what is excreted, what is, you know, reuptake, um, things like that. But you do have to know like, okay, what system are the kidneys included in? What is the urinary system? How does that work? What are common issues with that within animals, things like that. Um, also, directions are a very important thing to learn early on because they will be used significantly throughout the course, like lateral recumbency, um, ventral dorsal, anterior posterior, deep superficial, things like that. Um, I would recommend starting like a quizlet board before you start the program because it'll be very helpful. Um, Semester two, um, you have English comp English composition. Oh my god, my mouth is like trying to talk too fast. Um, which again, it's like writing essays and stuff. Yeah, I get it. I get why we have to do it. Is it annoying? Yeah, but do you got to do it? Yeah. So, um, just you know, grind your teeth through it. Um, veterinary office management and skills with people. Um, I actually really enjoyed that course. It taught you a lot about like interpersonal communication, um, how to deal with upset clients, grieving, things like that. Um, so that was a really great course. You have um, mathematical applications. Um, I believe this was the course that you have to also understand um, taxes, insurance, financial investments, and basic business statistics. This was my all-time most 
difficult course I had a difficult time in. Um, again, I'm not trying to tell you to, you know, skate by on the bare minimum, but that is exactly what I did with this course. I am very good at math. I'm very good at medical math. I never really had to fight hard in order to be good at it. This course I struggled with immensely. I just don't like statistics. I don't like thinking about that type of stuff. Um, it's, I'm, I don't want anything to do with like APR loans, things like that. And just like the information was just really hard for me to understand. And my brain just didn't want to do it. And I had no passion to try to learn any of that information. So um, that's a tough one. Um, again, just to remember the big picture when you're going through some of these tedious courses. Um, because again, you're in it to become a vet tech. You're not in it because you're going to be talking about loan rates and APR like at your day-to-day -day job. Just remember, this is just one course. This is just one brick in the wall that you're trying to build. So if you don't get a fantastic grade on it, it's okay. Your worth is not determined by how much, how well you do in a course that you don't like. It's okay. Um, medical nursing for veterinary technicians. This was a great class. Um, you learn a lot about wound care, wound management, um, different things like that. Um, medical mathematics, again, you know, calculating drug doses, um, CRIs, uh, drip rates, things like that. Um, pharmacology for veterinary technicians, um, that's pretty self-explanatory. I really enjoyed this class. Um, there is a lot of memorization for individual components, like individual drugs, um, mechanisms of actions, things like that. But I mean, it it's a lot of good information. And don't get discouraged if you don't remember all the drugs right away. Or even when you finish the course, if you feel like you kind of like pumped a bunch of information into your brain and then dropped a lot of it, as you are clinically experiencing the veterinary clinic, you will memorize these um, slowly but surely. So just be patient with yourself. It's really hard to memorize a bunch of different medications all at once when you have no experience working with any of them. So just try to be patient with yourself. Then there's clinical externship one. Um, you have to do 200 hours of um, essentially a minimum of 200 hours of experiencing life in a veterinary clinic. Essentially, you have to demonstrate all of the skills. There's an outline. I think there's 30 skills, something around there. Um, and then you have to talk about, you know, some of them are physical skills. Some of them are um, learning how to discuss certain things with a client, um, getting a full history, things like that. So, um, you just kind of have to, um, get in, get your foot in the door sooner rather than later with those things. Um, semester three, I had the most difficult time with semester three. Um, clinical pathology one took me several months on its own, mostly because it's just incredibly dense. And if I'm sitting there looking at, I'm so sorry, my light is like doing weird things. I think it's slowly dying um, because it'll just like start flickering. Um, and then I tap it and then it's fine. And then it starts to do it again, like it's doing right now. So sorry if you see a little bit of that. Um, but 
clinical pathology one is just very dense. Once I learned that I had ADHD, I understood why this class was so hard for me because you just have pages and pages of dense information that you have to read through and try to understand these complex processes. And whether I was in person or whether I was, you know, learning from a distance, it was going to be hard for me regardless. So ClinPath 1 and 2 were the hardest courses for me. Um, There's a lot of repetition. There's a lot of memorization. And there was a lot of procrastination. Like also on my end, I decided to wait on the final exams. And I ended up taking them about a year after I took these courses. um, And I did not get a very good grade. Um, I did pass the courses because I did well on the exams. And um. I also did pass the VTNE with a score of 700 out of like 800, I believe, 800, 850, something like that. Um, so I did do well on the VTNE. Um, but yeah, just kind of be aware when you're coming to these systems that they're very, or when you're coming to these classes, that they're very intricate, they're very um, in-depth. So just prepare yourself for that. Then you have like an art and humanities elective. You can either do music or art appreciation. I did music. Again, um, none of that information is ever going to help me, but I, you know, made my way through it. You have anesthesia for vet tax, surgical nursing for vet tax, and then um, clinical parasitology for vet tax. Um, So those classes were all really great. I really enjoyed them except for parasitology. I hate parasitology. I find it interesting. It grosses me out though. So, you know, Um, semester four, which is the last semester, um, you have radiology, um, small and large animal medicine. This is basically um, a focus on the main diseases in each one of those species, husbandry, things like that. Um, Essentials of Psychology, uh, that is a open book course. Um, all of the non-vet tech classes, like non-vet tech specific, are open book courses. So that math course I was talking about, not the medical math, but the other one that was really hard for me, that was open book. I still like tanked it, but I still passed the class. So I take pride in that. Um, The next one is animal nutrition, reproduction, genetics, and aging. That is kind of the course that every oddball thing is kind of bulked into. Um, It talks about, you know, um, geriatrics, uh, the grief um, process, everything like that, uh, reproduction, partuition, um, nutrition requirements. You kind of have to do this oddball presentation on everything. And yeah, I mean, it's very interesting, but it's just like kind of all the tidbits that don't really fit into a specific course are all kind of grouped into that. You have lab animal medicine and nursing. So that is going to be more of your exotics um, and also the animals, mostly the animals used for lab animal medicine. Um, If you are a, you know, animal advocate like me, but you also love science, you are going to enjoy this course because it gives you a great understanding of what type of ethical um, restrictions are put in place um, for laboratory animals. It's not them suffering just all the time and living there with, you know, the bare minimum. Um, There are um, ethical restraint or like ethical ideals um, put into what those animals experience. So, Um, that definitely kind of helps you understand the ethics behind it a little bit better. 
And then you have a VTNE um, review, which was really great. You take some practice courses uh, or practice tests and then talk about different studying techniques, how you plan to you know, work on it, everything like that. And then clinical externship two. This is going to be your large animals, your exotic animals, your lab animals, and anesthesia, things like that. Um, so overall, um, this course, I believe, is, I think the full price is like $1,800 per semester. Um, so like uh, eight grand, almost eight grand, I guess, seven grand, eight grand, um, which is a lot cheaper than a lot of other places. With that being said, you are not getting as much support as you are with other courses. There is support if you need it, um, but you do have to be self-driven. You do have to be able to reach out for those things when you need them and understand that you are responsible for yourself in these situations. Um, I do think that Penn Foster is for specific people. It's not for everyone. Every school is not for everyone, obviously. You have to pick and choose. Um, but, you know, the financial aspect of it being a lot more affordable than other schools and the fact that you can pay per month. Of course, you do pay a little bit more um, over time, but um, you do still, like, it's more financially feasible um, if you're unable to pay thousands of dollars all at once to go to school in person and then not be able to work full-time at the same time. I managed to work full-time the entire time while going to school and um, was able to pay it off by the time that I took the VTE. Um, you do have to pay off before you get like your finished transcript. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. But you can do, you know, payments as low as $59 a month um, for this course. Now, with that being said, I think that making um, higher levels of education is very important if we want to increase the amount of people who go to school to be veterinary technicians. With that being said, veterinary technicians should also be paid more, but that's not a discussion we're going to have within this episode um that will be you know it's an it's a whole other it's a whole other discussion um the other thing I will say is there is included your sources for learning. Your textbooks are included in this. Your lectures are included in this. You are not going to pay extra for needing other resources. Now, with that being said, if you want a different source, if you get online and you want a physical textbook, you have to, you know, buy that yourself. But um, these textbooks are hundreds of dollars each, even if you buy them used. So considering that this is cheaper, considering you can also work full time and they provide the resources, it's pretty great. Also, I will add that the command F feature is a lifesaver. It is a lifesaver when you have an online textbook because you can just search for the word or the phrase that you're trying to look for and refresh on it. And it's amazing. It's, it's, life-changing, um, especially if you have open book exams. Um, I'm going to repeat that the vet tech courses, they are not open book, but the ones that are the like gen ed courses, command F man is a lifesaver. Um, and then also the other thing is, um, you can attend live lectures, um, and you can kind of communicate with them, have a like actual rapport with the instructor instructors, which are really great. And some of these instructors are like 
very big members of veterinary medicine society. So um, it's not like Penn Foster is like below average. It's not like they're less than a lot of people within veterinary medicine like to give you a certain look if you say that you graduated online. But if you have the skills, if you have the dedication, and if you have the funds to put yourself through school, does it really matter which school it is? If you still show up and you still are great at your job and you're still dedicated to learning, it doesn't really matter where you got your degree. Um, so if you're going to go through Penn Foster, I do recommend you're just aware of that, that some people may give you a certain look. Um, and you know, I am definitely living, breathing, um, uh, proof that they're wrong um, because I am able to walk in and know what I'm doing and I'm very competent and I have great skills for only being licensed for four months, five months. So um, also with that being said, um, kind of coming back to um, Penn Foster is not for everyone. I do think that um, one of the reason that Penn Foster get one of the reasons that Penn Foster gets a bad rapport is because their graduation rate is very low. Um, but if you look at their um, success rate for the VTNE, it is incredibly high. So the people who do end up passing Penn Foster typically do very well on the VTNE. So that is very important. Don't just look at the graduation rate. Because a lot of programs, you have to get a referral to be able to get into for that tech school. For Penn Foster, it is open to everyone. And that is one of the reasons why it is so great. Because me having, you know, very little um, college education beforehand, not having the financial um, ability to pay for an in-person program, not having the transportation, not having any of the resources, any of the support that I would need in order to do an in-person program. I went to Penn Foster and I have excelled and I have made an incredible career for myself. And granted, I did work in a state where I could work with um, the kind of, um, responsibilities of a veterinary technician, but not be licensed, um, you know, considering what the legal um, requirements are in your state of veterinary assistance versus veterinary technicians is part of learning if Penn Foster is for you. So I was drawing blood, I was giving intramuscular injections, I was monitoring anesthesia, I was um, monitoring sedations, uh, placing IV catheters, all of those things before I finished school. Um, in some states, you can start practicing whatever you have started learning um, as a veterinary technician student. Um, so I know that in Virginia, you can do that. Um, you know, once you are starting to learn about anesthesia, you can start monitoring anesthesia. Once you've learned how to intubate through school, you can start intubating. Um, so it's also about learning the specifics of your state along with is this learning style meant for you. Um, but I do think that Penn Foster is an amazing resource. I think that their um, kind of focus is really great about making education more accessible to people who do not have a lot of money, do not have the funds, um, and might not be able to get, um, you know, a couple thousand dollars every few months to put down. And if you have kids, if you, you know, work two jobs, it's so hard to have like a consistent schedule. So being able to just sit down, focus, bust out a course in like a couple of sittings, even if those sittings are several weeks apart, it's, it's great because as long as you're dedicated, as long as you know this is what you want to do, it's a great resource for people who aren't able to fit the traditional realm of, um, you know, 
brick and mortar schools, like I had mentioned before. So um, yeah, I'm definitely a huge advocate for Penn Foster. With that being said, I know that everybody is not like me. I know that everybody does not have the self-drive, the initiative, and the um, perseverance to be able to push themselves like I have. Um, so I definitely understand that. But uh, overall, I definitely think that Penn Foster is an amazing school. I am continuing to go through them for my bachelor's degree just because I can still go to school online. I know how it works. Um, and honestly, they're... Um, their dashboards and everything have gotten a lot more friendly. Um, it's weird because it was the same for me for three years. So now my dashboard looks different, which is like where you log in essentially. Um, it's kind of like Canvas. Um, if you've ever gone to like uh, community college or like um, universities and stuff. Um, I will also say one question I get asked a lot is, um, should I go to school to be a VAT tech um, versus um, like an assistant. I don't know much about the assistant program through Penn Foster. I do think that learning on the job is very valuable. I did learn how to be a great assistant on the job. Um, if you don't have any experience and you kind of want to see if this is what you want to do, then I would recommend the assistant, um, cert, uh, the assistant program versus the, um, vet tech program. I do think some of the stuff from the vet tech program or from the assistant program transfers over, but you don't get a degree from the assistant program. So you just kind of have to consider that. And also, um, like if you live in a state like California, where you can learn all that stuff on the job and start functioning with the responsibilities of a vet tech versus an assistant, um, I would recommend learning on the job and then, like if you learn on the job, oh, I really like this job, then go into being a vet tech, um, like doing the vet tech program. But yeah, that's kind of a, a more particular question. Um, if you're not really sure and you just want somewhere to start, definitely go for it. Go for the assistant program. I know that several people have done it and really like it. Um, I know some people have done it and don't like it. So I just can't speak so much for that specifically, um, especially because it varies so much state to state what people are allowed to do. Um, and then the last thing I did want to mention is as far as the lectures, um, semester one and semester two, you're not required to do live lecture hours. Um, with semester three and semester four, you are. So that's basically like Zoom classes, I guess. So you go on, you um, listen to them talk about things. You can ask questions. They usually ask questions and are um, interactive. So it's honestly really great and a lot more like interactive than some of the actual like in-person college programs I've gone to. So um, I definitely really love it. Um, I know that everybody has a lot of questions about this program. Um, I do Sorry, my um, recording thing just did a weird thing. Um, I do have a um, interview that I did with Penn Foster about some of the questions. So you're welcome to go on their website and look at that. Or you can go to my um, uh, link tree um, link in my Instagram. It's also on there as well. Um, but yeah, I hope that helps kind of give you a better understanding of the program. Um, I know I talked a lot specifically about the different classes, but I do get quite a few questions um, about all of that. If there's anything else you guys want to hear or that you guys want to talk about, please let me know. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode and I will see you next time.